Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. Where the Messiah comes, when the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, said, then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. And I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but not, no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed in him. They said, When the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. This is the word of the Lord. One of the, the, the series that we're in right now, starting new, as we look at 2022, new year, kind of new eyes, fresh eyes on our relationships with Jesus. And he points us to not the complexity of religion, but instead the simplicity of relationships. And he points to three. God, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another inside the church who follow Jesus, and our relationship with our neighbors and everyone else we encounter. This, tri- this very simple triangle. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. So today, we're going to focus on the up, or the relationship with God. In this story, we're going to explore a little bit more how Jesus models that. Let me pray for us as we move into the message here. God, thank you for your son, that he models perfectly what it means to have a relationship with you, that he models perfectly what it looks like to have a relationship with each other, and then how we can grow in our, that we can grow in our goodness as we reflect your goodness. 
you have given us your son as the greatest form of grace and love. Thank you. Amen. So as we look at what does it mean to be thirsty, we can probably all relate to that, right? At one point or another, we have said, man, I could go for some water right now. Missy used to have this water bottle that on the side of it said, hydrate or die. That was like, this is true. Also feels threatening, doesn't it? And we could, this is probably universal here. When you're in grade school, at the end of gym class, you wanted to get to the water fountain, right? But you only had three seconds to drink because you had Roger Burke behind you, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, move. And everyone probably had a Roger Burke in their life, right? Or else he would threaten you by pushing your head into the water spout. This is like three seconds of lukewarm water was not enough. We can all relate to what it means to be thirsty. Water is life. And one of the really cool things about, this, about the story that John describes to us in his narrative of who Jesus is, one of the layers is using this water motif, repetition of water, to show us that water is life, Jesus is life. One of the things that you can see here I can't control, oh, I can control the slides with this. We have backups. Here we go. One of the things that you can see here throughout John is this, uh, the, the repetition of the use of water. And we, we are in, just so you know, we're in John 7. That's the story that we just got to see. And John 3, this is the famous John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Jesus is talking to one of the leading Pharisees, and he is saying, how come you don't understand? You have to be born of water and the Spirit. And then farther throughout John, we get to see this repetition of the use of water. That we can all understand what it means to be dependent on rivers or lakes, or you have to have water for your life to move. This is not something that is true then, but not true today. How cool is it that this permeates all of time and that we get to relate to this today? Something else that's really fascinating about the Gospel of John is that it centralizes around this one question. Is Jesus the gracious and loving presence of God that he claims to be? How relevant is that to us today for looking at what does it mean to have a relationship with God? Thank you, John, for helping design this sermon series. (laughs) So helpful. Especially when you look at the the people that are interacting with Jesus in the moment that, that John is writing this to. They see him, some of them, as kind of like a regular person, just another person who lived. And John is asking, is Jesus demonstrating the gracious presence of God? And they have to wrestle with that because it's difficult because it's like, well, you're just another person. Are you God or or are you just another man? That's, That's challenging. The question is still relevant today. That when we are looking for purpose, when we are looking for fulfillment, where do we go? When you're in the desert looking for water, where is it that you turn to? And we get to have John ask this question of us that, you know, I'm sure sometimes we would say yes to this question. And I'm sure other times we would say, I don't know or or no. But 
we get to enter into this wrestling of what it means to follow Jesus. When we look at what does it mean to be created in the image of God, we get to see that God created us for him. And that when, when that is true about us, we get to find full satisfaction in him the same way that we find satisfaction with water. When you are thirsty, you come to the well to drink. Are you hurting and broken? Are you looking for meaning and purpose? Are you looking for relief from oppression and bondage? Well, you get to come to the one who offers relief, Jesus. How great is this? So one of the things I want to point out is that this, con this connection that we have for a loving God sometimes gets interrupted, interrupted by sin. And, oh, here we go. I'm so sorry. I'm getting thrown off by this clicker here. Uh, interrupted by sin. And when we look at the, the connection that we look for, that we seek for in Jesus, sometimes uh, we offer denial. In the same way that Michaela just read this story, that some said, let's arrest this guy, let's get rid of him. Or, I don't know, I don't think this is, I don't think this is the Messiah. We, we know about the Messiah, we've read about him, he's not coming. We can be in the same spot of rejection. I learned this, and it was so powerful. Look at this. On the last and greatest day of the festival... This is one sentence, and it offers a lot of depth here. The festival that they're celebrating is the Festival of Tabernacles, which is the remembrance and celebration of the 40 years of wandering in the desert, and they had no direction except for God was with them. Where? In the tabernacle, in the tent. That's, that's what it is. So that when they're in the desert and they go, where are we? Where are we going? God says, I am here with you. You can look to the tent and you can see me. This is the festival they're celebrating. In the desert, they're going to get thirsty. And God provides actual water from a rock. When they're in the desert, they are looking for purpose and direction. Who are we? God provides it himself. This is the festival that they're celebrating. And then at the beginning of the festival, in the last day of the festival, they say, Messiah, will you come? God, will, as you were present with our ancestors, will you be present again with us? And Jesus is there. Wow. How incredible is that? And they miss him. You know, some, some of them miss him. Can we not find ourselves in the same place? Oh, that, that, that was so powerful when I, when I was reading about this. So the, the two common responses that, that we see in this story, that we can see in our own lives, of, of why Jesus gets rejected. Here's one. But we know where this man, Jesus, we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. They are over-familiar with Jesus. They think that they know because they have spent all this time with their, their parents and their grandparents telling them about the Messiah, reading about the Messiah, that they know. I know exactly what God looks like. I know where to expect him. I know how God works. 
And this man, Jesus, that's not God. Have we ever found ourselves in the same place of defining this is how God works and we miss him? And then the second way that, he, that Jesus is rejected is by the Pharisees. At this, they, the Pharisees, tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because it was not his hour yet had come. And then later on in the story, finally the temple guards went back to the chief priest who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? We want to kill him. This is a very hostile response. And, and maybe you have had this at one point in your life. Uh, I'm guessing you don't have that now because you are here today. And maybe you have also experienced friends who have this kind of response. Do not dare bring up church around so-and-so or else they're going to have a lot to say to you. Or they are going to label you as such and such. That this hostile response is in, in threat to their own power. Maybe we can find ourselves in that position more often. A threat to our own authority in our life. That I'm not willing to give it up because, you know, I want to do what I want. I don't want to follow after Jesus. That requires sacrifice and giving. And actually, we see those things as negative. They are actually ultimately fulfilling. So then, we, we, if we look at Jesus' re, reaction to his rejection... Jesus' reaction to his own rejection, this, this is where we get to understand who our Savior really is. Our response is interesting. Jesus' response is life-giving. That he is standing in the midst of rejection and yet offers compassion. These are people who are saying year after year when they celebrate this festival, Messiah, please come. And he stands amongst them, rejected by them. The compassion goes so far that he offers his life for the very people who reject him. That he offers his body on the cross, and then he offers access to himself through his resurrection. That when he rises again, we get to have access to him and his grace and his forgiveness at no cost. How incredible is that? That, like, can you not just, like, picture yourself at this festival with them, rejecting Jesus, and then 10 years later going, ooh, missed it. <laughs> Shoot, we, we were there. Oh, we were there. But I know that my God is for me anyways. Oh, my goodness. What relief is that? What water in the desert is that for our souls? I just think that's so powerful. And so then it, 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 it is this model for us of what it looks like to have an up relationship. You, you, that, that the up relationship cannot be fully separated from the other two because they are absolutely crucial and important. As we look at this up relationship, what does it mean to have a relationship with God? It's Jesus coming to us, God with us, and that he is present with us. How do we get to experience who he is? Oftentimes, it is through others. 
in the triangle, the in and the out. Oftentimes it is through his word. And maybe you can even, you can even find him in a myriad of places. This second question here, where am I most reminded of Christ's life-giving presence? This might be on a hike. This might be on a walk. This might be, if, you're, if you play music, you probably find this when you're playing music. You can find this in, in, in a thousand different ways. The Magi, people who uh, were not part of God's family, still found God in their, in their way. Why? Because God showed up to them. And that when you are, like, how do we connect to Jesus? How do we find Jesus? Many ways. This is one way I want to, this is one way I want to encourage you. Write down your questions. Whether it's in church during the sermon time or, or other parts of your life, write down your questions. John gives us a really good one to start with. Is Jesus the gracious and loving presence of God? Maybe this is, this, maybe this is another question that you can follow. Where am I most reminded of Christ's life-giving presence? You probably have some others. This is the point here. If you write down the question, it might put you on a journey of discovering the answer. And Jesus will meet you there. How do we know? Because he consistently does. Throughout time and throughout the Bible, he consistently shows up and he meets people and, and reveals himself. One of the things that we're going to be able to do in, in February is start this study on the book of Genesis. Then throughout the year, we're going to be looking at more and more who is the character of God. And at the end of the year, we're going to end up back here in the book of John. I would love for you to be part of that journey with us as we discover more and more the promises of God and the promises of God fulfilled. That this, that he would be water and a dry land for our souls. Join me in prayer here as we end this time and move into communion. God, I pray for the living water that you offer that you offer your goodness to us in the same way that our thirst is quenched by actual water, you are quenching the desire of our souls. That when we are looking for meaning, you show up and say it is in you. When we are looking for relief, you show up and say that you will take care of it. You are a powerful God who gives us everything we need. Amen.